Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Horn Call Podcast. This is the first episode for the new year, 2023. I hope that 2023 is a wonderful and prosperous year for you. My guest today is Louis-Philippe Marsolet. He is the host of the upcoming IHS 55 Symposium in Montreal, Canada, uh, July 24th through the 29th, 2023. Uh, Be sure to check out the conference website, ihs55.org, for uh, new details all the time uh, as they come out. Uh, I had a wonderful conversation with Louis-Philippe about all of the amazing things uh, that are going to be happening this summer at IHS 55. So without further delay, here's my conversation with Louis-Philippe Marsolet. Uh, thank you so much for speaking with me today, Louis Philippe. And we are here to talk about all things uh, IHS 55. But but before we get into that, could you maybe take a, a, a minute or so and introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us about uh, who you are and uh, how you came to be the host of IHS 55? Well, first of all, let me thank you for the invitation. It's really great to have this uh, this space to talk about our, our great project of having the IHS uh, here in, in Montreal next summer. Um, I've been playing the horn for too many years now, <laughs> not too many, but uh, what is it, 35 years already? Um, and most of my life has been playing here in Montreal and all around Canada touring with different ensembles, different orchestras. Um, I'm principal horn of the Orchestre Metropolitain, which is uh, Yannick Nézé-Séguin's orchestra in Montreal. He's the Mm. conductor of the Met Orchestra and the Philadelphia also. So great conductor, and we're having lots of fun with him. I've been playing in a wind quintet, Pétaïdre, for uh, almost 20 years now. Oh, wow. When I was uh, younger, I did lots of uh, international competitions, uh, some with uh, with nice successes, some with not so much success, but it was <laughs> part of the experience of, sure. of learning uh, all of this. And uh, so uh, I started also teaching uh, at the University of Montréal about uh, 10 years ago and built up a nice, nice class. And now... Uh, yeah, I've been, uh, uh, I, uh, I started going to international symposia. Uh, my first one was in La Chaux-de-Fonds in 2007, if I okay. remember correctly. And then I, uh, I joined the advisory council in 2015. And ever since then, I've been wanting to, <laughs> to bring the symposium in Montreal. I always thought it, it's such a great city in the summer, so to show it to all the horn world would be a, would be a great adventure. Now, could, correct me if I'm wrong, but this will only be the second one that's ever been in Canada, right? The first one in Canada was in Banff, or was have there been more than one? No, there was one uh, closer to Montreal in the, in Orford, which is oh, about okay. uh, an hour and a half away from Montreal. I think it was in '76 or '78. Okay, and Around Banff, that time. Banff was in the late '90s, so it's it's been a long time since it's been back to Canada. So. Yeah, so it's it's about time it comes back here. 
That's excellent. Yeah. And uh, the website for those that don't know it is IHS55.org. And you've already got quite a bit of things, uh, you know, populated on the website. Do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, what, what you, what you can reveal to, to, to people about the, the symposium? Yes. Uh, well, uh, we've uh, we've already booked our featured artists uh, probably a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. So we've had our roster uh, already there. Um, people are starting to uh, to know who they are. So at the moment, uh, we've announced already the American Horn Quartet, uh, Katerina Yavurkova. Uh, Victor Prado, Andrew Bain, uh, Ursula Paludan-Montberg, uh, Jeffrey Scott, Yun Zhang, Stefan Dahl. So it's already a nice, uh, a nice group of people. And there's going to be at least eight more to come uh, until the end of February. So if you keep, keep watching for it, uh, you'll see who they are. But uh, they're all great horn players. They all have great stories backgrounds uh, to tell about and uh, they will be uh, featured in ways you can expect and some of them will also be counter uh, how can i say uh, will you be used in ways that uh, you wouldn't think of so that's that was part of the fun of making it happen is what's your fantasy what what do you want to <laughs> What do you want to uh, to show the world that the world doesn't know about? And so that's uh, that's where we're going with with all this. Oh, that sounds uh, that sounds fantastic. That uh, so I'm guessing you can't exactly say because it, it's meant to be a bit of a you know a surprise and interesting for those that are actually there. So that that's really cool. I guess um, one thing I would like to ask if you can share a little bit about it. In what way? And it's it's interesting to see going to these different symposiums in different places, how the host uses the particular strengths and unique features of the city and of the area where the symposium is to, to enhance someone's experience. So um, to the extent that you can talk a little bit about, you know, Montreal and the setting for IHS 55 and, you know, the, the ways that you're going to make it, you know, special and not, you know, no some no one symposium is like any of the others, and that's that's one reason to to keep going. Just because you've been to one doesn't mean you've seen it all. There's always something new and unique about each one. Well, to start with, Montreal is a great city to live in, um, but particularly during the summer, there are so many festivals that mm. it becomes like just a party city. Um, the university uh, is on the top of the mountain, so it's a bit, uh, can you say, ex-centered okay. from, from downtown. Um, so it will give us some peace and some, <laughs> like a nice, quiet setting okay. uh, to have our everyday activities. But it was also important for us to show everybody the city. Um, so uh, a few times during the week, we're going to have uh, different activities, uh, some downtown, some in the old port, uh, some on top of the mountain where there's the big, uh, big chalet. Um, and so it was the, the, the one thing that was important for us because 
many people come to hear all these great horn players and participate in all these uh, activities horn related mm-hmm. but people also want to discover new places and to see the heart of the the city so it's it was important to us to show this and mm-hmm. it will happen so we're very happy that everything we uh, we could plan worked out in the end Oh, that's exciting! Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So, it, you know, Montreal is a major city. There's an international airport there, but is there anything, uh, any particular travel information that people coming from overseas should be aware of when making their plans getting getting to and from? Well, Montreal? it's it's very easy. Montreal, as you said, is uh, an international has an international airport. It has uh, direct connections to 150 different cities all around the world. So it's very, very, very easy to get here. And once you get to the airport, uh, it's either like uh, you can take the public transportation to downtown, to the university. Uh, Everything is well organized that way. It takes maybe 12 to 15 minutes uh, of taxi ride to get to the university or to get downtown. Mm -hmm. So it's very convenient for travels. Um, at university, we have, I think it's, uh, 125, uh, dorm rooms that mm-hmm. are booked just for the symposium. And we have, I think, 250 hotel rooms, uh, booked downtown and closer to university. And also now with Airbnb, it's really easy to book apartments for people who come in, in groups or even people alone who wants to be on their own so mm-hmm. there's lots of lots of possibilities sure and and one thing uh, always to remind international travelers is get your passports updated if a, a visa situation is required make sure that you have everything you know ready for that because that you don't want there to be any surprises <laughs> yeah so you it used to be uh, uh, to be allowed to um, uh, to travel from the states to Canada without a passport, but over the the past years, rules have changed to mm-hmm. so make sure you get your passport. Um, uh, all travelers for, coming from Europe won't need a visa, nor okay. for the from the United States. But some uh, some delicate, more delicate countries like Russia, uh, China, Brazil, people have to get visas. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's any help, we can provide. Uh, invitation letters for people to attend and then it's easier to get uh, to get the visas so you can just go on ihs55.org and just send us a message through there i get the message i send you the letter and then Mm -hmm. you're good to go and also uh, concerning visas um, people have to know that there has been some uh, difficulties over the, the past years uh, since uh, since COVID, in fact, uh, and it can take up to six months to get a visa. So get your things together quickly. Yes, plan ahead because there's there's not really a way to make it happen any faster. They go at their own pace. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, now you mentioned you know you started booking the guest artists about a year and a half ago, and I imagine. 
uh, and I, I've, I got to see at IHS 54, some of your team was already there in Texas, you know, interacting and learning. So talk a little bit about the, the people behind the scenes that are helping you. You know, how did you put together your team of, uh, I'm sure they're just fantastic workers and people and, and all of that. So talk a little bit about those folks who are helping. Yeah. Um, well, we, we started the, in Montreal having a, uh, it started with Horn Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more the each year we added activities and added the guest artists and more and more people came. Uh, so in the uh, the last edition we had was in 2020, right before the, the pandemic. Um, and it was uh, over three days with Radovan Vladkovic. And so we we had a team of uh, four or five horn players year after year looking after this event and making it uh, making it better and trying to find ways. Um, and so when I brought the idea of having the IHS in Montreal, each of them was really, uh, really happy about the idea and everyone got involved in it. And we started also looking for more people to join the committee because there's so much to be done. Um, and until... Just last week, people keep uh, coming, joining the committee. So now we're a team of 15 horn players. So some of them are professional players. Some of them are uh, music uh, teacher, Mm -hmm. uh, educators. Some of them have uh, different jobs, so are still playing as amateurs, but Mm -hmm. like are... uh, exhibitors uh, coordinator works in the in the music uh, store so she knows all about mm-hmm. the different companies and then other people have worked in artist artistic administration and so all our different fields are being occupied by people who really know what they're doing so uh, you asked me right before we started if I was feeling overwhelmed with everything <laughs> that needs to be organized. And quite frankly, I have to thank my team because everyone is doing what they should be doing. And I'm really just overlooking that everything is going is going smoothly and that we're going the right direction and we're going to be ready next summer. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. And that's such a good feeling to know that, you know, the, the jobs that are being delegated are, you know, someone's taking taking care of it. So that's that's good to hear. And so, just to oh, yeah, just to remind folks, the dates are July 24th to, to, to 29th, July 24 to 29th. Um, uh, Louis-Philippe, what kind of weather could we expect in Montreal in uh, late July? Um, it's It depends. It varies from one year to to the other usually it's uh, the uh, end of august beginning of july uh, end of uh, july beginning of august is the nicest time to be mm. in uh, to be in montreal um it's uh, it's mostly sunny okay and temperatures are usually between 23 4 and 30 something um sometimes it gets sometimes it gets quite hot uh, but other times it can be just very nice weather. Uh, there's also chances of rain. Who knows? So we're trying to uh, always have Plan Bs for our outside outdoors activities. 
but uh, usually it's it's a very nice time to be uh, to be in Montreal. Oh, that's excellent. Okay, because I know I should know what 20 degrees Celsius is, but I don't. I looked it up. So it's 20 oh. degrees Celsius Celsius is 68 <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit. So that's that's excellent between, you know, 68 and 78 degrees is perfect weather. That's, you know. Yeah, maybe up to, to uh, maybe up to 90th. Mm-hmm. So between 70 and 80 and 90, that's a that's, normal range for end of July. Yeah, so people should pack, you know, probably pack uh Comfortable clothing for walking and moving around, but then you probably don't need any, probably don't need like a sweater or anything long like that. Maybe a raincoat or an umbrella. So yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. Um, I had a question about the the venue. Tell us a little bit more about the university where, you know, you you mentioned there will be some things taking place in the city and and other venues, but the the majority of the events are going to be happening at at the university, correct? Yes. Uh, So at Université de Montréal, um, the music faculty is uh, an ancient um, or used to be a nun's uh, convent. Uh, oh, okay. So it's quite, uh, it's probably a hundred years old, um, but there are lots of practice rooms, lots of practice space. Um, it has been the music faculty for uh Oh, just over 40 years now. Okay. Um, and they built one of the nicest concert hall uh, just next to it. So which will be our main concert hall. Lovely. It seats uh, 950 people. So it's just perfect. Mm. So starting at uh, 951 uh, registrations, we're going to stop. Okay. Taking people, so make sure you register early to, <laughs> to get your spot. Yeah, no. yeah, and, and uh, same goes same goes for the dorms. The dorms go fast because they're such a good deal. Yes, exactly, uh, and they will be quite cheap. Also, the dorms, okay. uh, but it's a very very nice wooden uh, concert hall. It's been renovated uh, five years ago, so it's got really nice seats. It's uh, equipped with all these fancy cameras now uh, so you can actually uh, you can do some uh, some experiment with uh, new music camera placing and all Ooh, okay. all this so Excellent. i i haven't got into what we're going to do with this but i'm sure ideas will pop up at some point oh that's excellent um, we also have a nice uh, 200 uh, people recital hall mm-hmm. also a conference room with 150 so we can move around and we're also going to be in a different building which is um like a pre-college uh music uh institution which is just a five minutes walk from here so that's where the cafeteria will be that's where the exhibitors will be and there's also two more recitals all recital halls over there so our activities will be spread uh, around five different uh, venues Mm -hmm. and then people will be free to go back and forth where they want and uh, yeah that's excellent and uh so you mentioned you know getting around the city is pretty easy with uh public transportation and, and taxis and that sort of thing yes um during the summer uh driving a car in montreal can be 
excruciating because okay. there's so many uh, road work. Mm, okay. um, so if people want to drive here, I mean, everything is going to, to work. Uh, there's, uh, there's lots of parking spaces uh, at the university. Um, not so much uh, downtown. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess if you if you're in a hotel, you have access to the to the parking. Uh, going back and forth, uh, sometimes there's roadblocks and everywhere during the summer. So it, Montreal is known for not being uh, dry, uh, car friendly during the summer. <laughs> so just so you know, and pub- public transportation works well. Okay. There's a subway station five minutes from the faculty, and two minutes from the other venue. So it's really the metro station is just in between the two places. Um, there's also uh, bikes, uh, like mm. a rent-a-bike, or uh, we call it Bixie here. Okay. It's the like the um, self-serve. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very, there's lots of cycling ways all around town. Every year there's more and more. So people are cycling here all year round and even when there's snow. So it's very well uh, adapted to cycling your way. How steep is the the incline up to the the university from the city? (laughs) Oh, that's a good question. It's a tricky (laughs) question. It's quite a lot, actually, because we're up the the mountain. Uh, The last bit, so going from the metro station to the music faculty is quite... uh, it's is quite steep. There's lots of uh, training cyclists. Who, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Who come over here, come up to the the music faculty and go down. It's their part of their their routine. Um, but uh, uh, no. So if you're coming on the subway, it's just this little last hill. Mm-hmm. We're talking about having refreshments uh, halfway up the hill. So people don't die if it's too. Oh, that's warm, a good idea. Too hot. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, for sure. Especially carrying uh, horns and music and that sort of thing. No, that's that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. yeah. So we're uh, uh, we'll adapt to the weather. Also, if it's getting really hot, we'll make sure people aren't ever in a hurry going back sure. and forth uh, hey, up if, and down if, the hill. I'm sure your your team that was in, in Kingsville told you about the weather there. It was extremely <laughs> warm. So, you know, horn players are resilient. We'll we'll make it work. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, you mentioned, you know, of course, Montreal is an international city with, you know, uh, uh, lots of cultural attractions and things. So for someone who's there for IHS 55, but that wants to get as much of a taste and feel for the city as possible, what what would be some recommendations? Like, what are some things you have to see when you're in Montreal if you're there for IHS, IHS 55? Well, uh, especially for uh, for Americans, uh, the the old town, uh, which uh, goes back 240, uh, 300 years, uh, is uh, is very much like uh, like some of the European cities. Oh. So it's it's been known for being very Euro- European in the way it's built, the old buildings and the. It's very close to the river too, so all the okay. old port is very well uh, designed and very well kept. Um, so I think it's a must for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. 
in the middle, uh, Montreal is an island, quite a big island, but in the middle of it, there is this not so big a mountain, but still a mountain in the middle of the city. Mm. So going up the mountain gives you a very nice view of the whole city and of the river that goes all around uh, the island and uh, all the surroundings. So I would say that would be the the two okay. uh, the two musts, but all downtown right next to the the symphony concert hall. It's uh, it, what we call the the Place des Festivals, the festivals place. Mm. So that's where all the summer festivals happen. There's always a thousand of different activities, things to see and things mm. to hear. Uh, even during our uh, our IHS, uh, I think it's going to be the Just for Laugh uh, festival at the same okay. time. There is also a heavy metal uh, <laughs> music festival just outside of uh, of the of Montreal happening okay. at the same time. So it's going to be very alive. The older I get, the the more I am into the finer things in life, and uh, food is no exception. So, uh, tell us, you know, we don't have time to talk about all of the the food options in, in a city uh, as as uh, culturally and and culturally diverse and as as big as Montreal. But what what are some some must must visit places uh, for food uh, in Montreal? Well, first of all, there's just too many great places to name any. Um, but as you said, uh, Montreal is very cosmopolitan, so it uh, and multicultural. So any kind of food coming from anywhere mm. in the world, you can find at least ten great restaurants uh, serving that food here. And what's uh, even more interesting is all the the fusion between all these different uh, types of cuisine that you can find in different uh, top restaurants and even in smaller. Uh, budget restaurants so really there's food for all all the kind of budgets and all tastes mm. as well so okay and well, did, if, do you have a favorite what about you personally do you have a favorite kind of cuisine if, or a well um i i'm very high maintenance uh for <laughs> <laughs> for restaurants um but i uh like the the high-end High end uh, of the, the the cuisine in Montreal is probably Turkey. Okay, so it's been uh, it's been uh, working for at least thirty five years now, thirty years. Okay, and uh, it has one great chef who's always changing uh, the menu, and it's just really nice. It's a, I'd say, very French way to approach international cuisine okay i don't know if it makes sense <laughs> and the other great thing since we're talking about food uh, is that now in quebec so that's the province around mm -hmm. montreal um over the past 20 20 years i i'd say uh, there has been more than 500 new breweries so micro breweries so we have lots and lots of great different craft beers uh it's the same thing with ciders now mm -hmm. we're tr starting to produce more and more great wines also so you can find all of this that's that's awesome and you know i i was gonna ask you uh, 
in this part of the interview, you know, what, what would be some uh, big reasons if someone said to you, well, why should I spend the money? Why should I take the time and, and make the commitment to come to IHS 55? But I think you've already given us plenty, you know, the food, the culture, the the world-class guest artists, the the unique setting. Um, is there anything we've missed if you had to, you know, if you were trying to convince someone to, hey, you should, you should definitely come to IHS 55? Well, there are two more things. I don't know if I, if you can, if you'll keep it on your podcast. One of them is that pot is legal. And the second one is drinking age is 18. Ah, okay. No, I mean, we can certainly share that. Yeah, we can certainly share that. (laughs) I'll let you edit it if you think it's not appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, you know, this podcast always comes with a disclaimer. It it doesn't represent necessarily the views of the of the International Horn Society. So, no, I mean, it's uh, international laws vary from from city to city and state to state and country to country. So you're simply sharing what the laws in your your country are. So, (laughs) okay, (laughs) I see no problem with that. (laughs) Great. Um, So uh, to to tack on to the. The topic of IHS 55, uh, you've written an article recently that's going to be in the February 2023 uh, edition of The Horn Call about the Canadian horn school and the the rich tradition of horn players. Um, do you want to give us a little bit of a synopsis of that article and, and kind of what, what got you thinking in that direction? Yeah, sure. Uh, actually, uh, as, uh, as you know, but I don't know if people know, in Montreal was going to happen in 2021 at first, but then unfortunately we had to cancel mm-hmm. this uh, and just uh, report it to 2023. Uh, but when we learned about it, uh, I was in contact with the French Horn Association, l'Association mm-hmm. Française du Gard, and um, they asked me to produce a series of articles uh, concerning just the, the Canadian school of horn playing and mm. other topics in that uh, that direction so it it got me started uh, to look for what what does it mean the canadian horn uh, uh, the canadian school of horn playing mm-hmm. um so i got into that i talked i spoke with people uh, all across the country to see where they came from who they studied with and uh, how like which links uh, we could uh, we could make between all these different players. Um, now these I'd say these past uh, 20, 15 years, um, the more and more international horn players have come uh, to play uh, in different orchestras in Canada. So mm-hmm. it's harder to keep uh, uh, to keep a, a hold on <laughs> on who's responsible for things moving in which direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting to see that uh, most of the players until the end of the uh, of the 20th century uh, all came from two different uh, two different schools. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them more European, one of them more American. And so to just uh, make links between all of this was very interesting on my part. So I hope people find this of interest also. No, it's a it's a fascinating article. And I mean, there's a lot of names that people will be familiar with just because, you know, they're internationally known artists. But there there are some, you know, kind of like uh, 
the the unsung heroes of Canadian horn playing who were also very important in establishing the the tradition of 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 playing of horn playing in Canada. So I, I think you know anybody any anybody that's interested in that should should pick up this article and it, even if uh, they're not able to go to IHS 55 maybe reading this article will inspire them to 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 rethink that decision and 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 go. So yeah, and I think it's it's also of interest for Canadian horn players because uh, most of the, especially the younger people, don't always know what's been going on before they were <laughs> before they were even born. So this is true I think everywhere. It can be yeah. very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that's fantastic. Well, and thank you again for taking time out of uh, your schedule, uh, Louis Philippe. I have two. Two final questions, I guess, uh, to to kind of wrap things up in in this interview. So the the first one is so, you know, you mentioned one, you have such a great team helping you with everything, but it strikes me that you're so busy. You know, you've got uh, a performance career, chamber music and orchestra, and teaching, and you're also planning this uh, major international symposium. How do you keep it all balanced? How do you you know find time and make time to to make sure your playing is in in good shape and that you're keeping up with all your obligations. Cause I, it, it, it occurs to me, you know, a lot of people that go to horn symposiums are uh, maybe not professional musicians or they're students. So they they could stand to learn a lot from someone like you who is able to, to do all the things that you're doing and do something that requires so much planning. Yes. I think the, the key is what you just said, planning. So mm. you just have to make sure that, more or less everything is planned in in your in what's to come in mm. the the way each day is built and the the one important thing is to think about yourself also mm -hmm. it's easy when you start working a lot to just lose uh things that you're you have interested interest in uh, outside of all this horn playing and this uh, teaching and organizing and so uh, find the right balance uh, is important and to make place for all everything uh, it needs planning and I think I I achieved that <laughs> That's excellent so advice. Yeah, that's excellent advice. And and thank you for that. And then I guess the second question is, so uh, we were talking before we, we went, we started recording about when this uh, episode is going to come out. It'll probably be mid-January, January 15th or so. Well, what will the next few months look like for you as far as IHS 55? What what are the next, you know, the final phases, I guess, of, of the planning for this? Well, if, uh, if things all go uh, the right direction. I think by mid-January, the registrations will have been open for okay. a little, <laughs> a little bit already. So I hope uh, we uh, we already have some registrations, and also the contributing artists um, will be uh, quite a long way uh, down the road. So we can start planning all the other activities at the moment. Uh, most of our uh, uh, featured artists, uh, events, concerts, master classes. Uh, are all planned, uh, but now we have to fill in all the uh, all the extra activities with uh, all these great people who want to share what they have to say about the horn and 
share their new pieces. And so we encourage people to really send applications for contributing artists. We're also going to have some special guests who will come and have some conferences, workshops, and different things. So I would say that by mid-January, that's where we will be at. And then, uh, yeah, I, I think... The, once that is all set, we're going to be working on having the program book mm-hmm. uh, designed, and yeah, I think it it's still it's still a long way from now until when you will publish this <laughs> this <laughs> podcast. So it's not uh, it's not so easy to to figure out where we will be at really that's true that was a that was a tough question for me to ask you but i thank you for (laughs) thanks for tackling it um well louis philippe this has been uh, a fantastic conversation and thank you so much and we just want to mention again ihs 55 in montreal july 24 to 29 2023 be sure to visit ihs55.org for all of the details for registration and uh contributing artists and, and everything else Thank you so much. It was a pleasure.